Our theme for this month is ready for victory. I like victory. Um, I like to win. I don't like to lose. I want to win. Um, when winning happens, good things happen. Uh, when you lose, bad things happen. So this month we are going to dive into the subject of victory. And Pastor Jennifer launched us this month, and our theme verse for the month is, comes from 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. How many believe that? How many believe that you can overcome through your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? You can live in victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And today I hope to launch us even further into this subject matter so that you understand how important to live in victory is. But in order for you to live in victory, you have to be ready for victory. Pastor Jennifer spoke to us last week, and I hope that you heard what she was saying. Everyone, that's a key word to this thing. Everyone, that means you, that means me, everyone, victory is for you. There's, God is no respecter of persons. He poured out His love on everyone. So victory is for everyone. That you are born of God. So those that are children of God have overcome. That is a, a theme overriding portion that Pastor Jen clearly communicated. Saying that Jesus is in charge. There's got to be a captain. There's got to be a leader. That leader is Jesus. He's the Savior of the world. Why wouldn't I want somebody like that to follow? Someone that's already conquered death. Somebody that's already come back to life. Somebody that has already won victories for us. That's the kind of person I want to be behind. And I want you to know, I pray that you got that over this last week as you were pondering and thinking, he's got to be the captain. He's got to be in charge. When he's in charge, we aren't defeated. You just got to put it as simple as that. Realize that nothing in the world is too hard for God. Man, if she said it once, she said it multiple times. Nothing's too hard for God. So that means whatever you face, it's not too hard for God. Whatever you think your challenge is, it's not too hard for God. Whatever the difficulty you see, it's not too hard for God. It's not. You've got to get that through your heart. And then, as the song said today, and the worship team did such a great job, recognize His authority that brings the victory. If you recognize who God is, my friend, you're starting this journey in the right direction. You're starting towards victory. You're starting to live in victory. You've already put behind you the enemy, and you're marching forward in victory. It's with God, and I can guarantee you, you recognize He's in charge. It's all good. It's when we think we're in charge, it doesn't go so good. Right? Those are the times that we think, oh Lord. So, I want you to, don't give up. That's what she said. Get up. 
I loved it when she said that. Matter of fact, that's why I put it in my notes today. Don't give up, get up. If the devil has beat you up or if you've gone into a difficult situation and you're thinking, oh my goodness, it may be over. Get yourself back up and say, no, if God before me, who in the world is going to be against me? And then she ended her message last week with having the concept of having a victory mindset. If you have this in your mind, it's one thing to put the feet on your prayers, as I talk about so much, action behind your prayers. But you've got to have it in your heart and in your mind. Your mind is where the devil wreaks a lot of the havoc. The, your mind is where a lot of the problems happen. And if you have a victory mindset, I'll guarantee you good things are going to happen. So what happens is there are questions before you're ready for victory. Everybody has questions. So if you have some questions, I guarantee you I know who has the answers. It's Jesus. See, there is a process to victory. You don't just show up and you live in victory. You don't just wake up today and you live in victory. There's a process. See, if you're going to live in victory, you must understand how to get there. So if you're going to live, if every day is going to be living in victory, you've got to understand how to get there. The directions, the plan of action. I'm a person that is very organized. I'm very detailed. I, you go into my office, I can tell you I know where everything is. It's a detailed machine. I like the church to be very orderly. I like the finances to be very orderly. I like the leadership to be very orderly. I like order because I believe God has order. If you read the scriptures, you can find out he's got all kinds of order. I mean, he knew how many should be judges and how many should, should be in charge and, uh, you know, who, when Moses was going to do this or Joshua was going to, he, he had order. There was always order. I think order is a key to victory. It's a key to living in victory. If, you, if your life is disorderly, I'll guarantee you, you're going to have some struggles. Get your life in order. Get yourself in order. Get your stuff around you in order. And you'll find out that it'll be a whole lot easier in your life. So these are the kinds of questions that may come asked uh, up in your life to get direction. So one of the things that a lot of people have problems doing is, particularly in this kind of a country, is getting directions. But we're going to ask Siri today for some directions. Siri, get me to Milana. Siri, get me to Milan. Series saying on it. Come on. Still working. Still working. 
come on, Siri. You're letting me down. I practiced. I practiced you working. All right, Siri. Siri. Siri, please take me to Milan. Siri doesn't want to obey. She's shy. You got a man voice on your Siri. See, this is not my phone. This is Pastor Jen's. Come on, Siri. Do your job. Online campus people are waiting. Starting route to Milan. Head west on Via Guido Castelnuovo. Then turn left onto Via Ravicena. So in other words, there may be a little delay. But I can tell you, if I wanted Siri to take me to Milan, it would start right here and tell me which way to turn, turn left, turn right, get on this road, get on that road. Matter of fact, it tells me right now it's going to take me five hours and 39 minutes in order to get to Milan if I'm going to use my car. For those of you that understand miles, it's 366 miles. It says I will get there today at 4 o'clock in the afternoon at plus 12, 412. Siri is a computer. Now, Pastor Jen's phone has got all this stuff on it, and that's why it was not obeying me. It would have been my phone, standard male phone with just black, no issues. This got all this glitter, so it was not recognizing me today. Siri, how about some chocolate? Then you'd do better. How many of us ask the Lord for directions? Thank you for raising your hand. I know everyone on our online campus you can see that Siri, through, if it would have went properly like it did through practice, it just immediately get me to Milan and it gives you the directions. Do you know God is smarter than Siri? God has the ability to direct our lives. He has the ability to help you in your everyday decisions. And sometimes when we think about it, we think that we should not ask God. We should just do it ourselves. It's being updated. Since you're not Italian, you're not saying it correctly. You're out. Arr. Here, you take it. Take your little glitter stuff and get on down. See, God told Joshua to have the army march around Jericho walls in order to get the victory. He didn't say go fight the battle. He said, I want you to march. There's a big difference between marching and fighting. But God knew how the army was going to get the victory that day. And he said, look, I want you to do it seven days. And on the seventh day, I want you to march around seven times. 
That's giving directions. And at the end of the seventh day and the seventh time, they were instructed to shout. They didn't lift a sword. They didn't lift a spear. They didn't do anything else but obey the directions of God. And the thickest, biggest walls of any city fell tumbling down. See, God knows how to fight your battles. God knows how to give you the directions for your everyday lives. The prophet Elisha told the widow lady to go and get some jars. If you were a part of our church for very long, my series on the jar lady, and I had all these jars up here. What if the lady had not obeyed? What if the lady said, I was, I'm going to go do my own thing? A simple direction of asking for a jar was the beginning of the handiwork of God to give that lady and her child a miracle. All she had to do was ask for jars. So many of us think we got to do it this way or we got to do it that way. I want you to live in victory, but you got to do it God's way. Jesus told Peter, I want you to throw the net on the other side of the boat. Peter was the professional fisherman. He was supposedly more knowledgeable than God was, according to him. Lord, I fished all night. I know what I'm doing here. I'm sure none of you have ever said anything like that. I've got this. God says, throw the net on the other side of the boat. And when he did that, just throwing the net from this side of the boat to this side of the boat, all of a sudden, all these fish came jumping into the net. God knows how to get victory for your lives. Real people followed the directions in order to get their victory. I'm going to say it again. Real people following the directions in order to get their victory. So I'm going to give this month some directions. And I'm going to use the directions that God gave to Gideon to help us understand that real people can live in victory. Everyday people like us can live in victory. Judges chapter 6 through chapter 8 gives us the story of a man named Gideon. He was hiding at the moment from the Midianites because they had been terrorizing the Israelites for a period of time, for a number of years. They would come in when the crops would raise up and the Midianites would destroy all the crops. They destroy the animals. They would just come and they were just a rebellious group of people, but there was tens of thousands of them. And they would just eliminate whatever the Israel people were doing. They would just wipe it out. And, and at this moment, Gideon was hiding. He was in the threshing place trying to hide, getting some, some of the wheat and things together. And 
I want you to know that there is a consequence for sin. Israel was in this position because they had done some bad things. They have chosen some other gods. They had raised up some other idols in their cities and in their communities. And that was costly. They were worshiping Baal on this side and they were worshiping God, Jehovah, on this side. Well, you can't have two gods. You can only have one God. Baal... God. And they had other gods besides those too. But I want you to know in this particular portion of scripture, this guy named Gideon, he didn't know it at the moment, but he was going to be used by God if he would follow the directions to be the savior for his people. See, they are God's people. And Gideon had to get that through his heart, get that into his head. These, we, Gideon was an Israelite, we are God's people. So the angel of the Lord came to Gideon and said, how do you like to be visited by the angel to get your instructions? That'd be pretty cool. Well, here comes the angel. Well, in verse number 12 of chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse number 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, and he gives him a title, Mighty Warrior. He hadn't been a fighter yet. He hadn't won any battles yet. But he already gives him a title, Mighty Warrior. Wow. You can tell already that the story's going to be good. Because in the announcement of the angels showing up in this guy's life, he calls him Mighty Warrior. Gideon's response to this is why is this happening the very first question i told you there's going to be questions so here's the announcement from the angel god is with you mighty warrior and gideon's response to that is why is this happening now i know none of you would ever have a question about what's going on you wouldn't, you would just sit back and say, oh, God's in control and it's all going to be good. But Gideon had a question. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why are we living like this? Why are these Midianites coming and destroying our crops? Why is all this happening? Why is this happening to us? Gideon was wanting to understand what was happening for his life, for his family, and for his nation. Here was the response. Sin will keep you from victory. You want to live in victory? Don't sin. You want to live in defeat? Sin. It's as plain as that. The nation of Israel was living in sin. And because of their living in sin, it was costing them everything. Gideon, if you read this portion of Scripture, Judges chapter 6, 7, and 8, Gideon feels underqualified to even have 
this designation in his life. Have you ever felt underqualified? Like you didn't have it all together? Like you needed to pray some more, or you needed to study some more, or you needed to be a better person? You needed to have more education? Gideon felt underqualified. Judges chapter 6, verse number 15 gives you that explanation. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon talking, but how can I save Israel? My clan, the people I come from, is the weakest in Manasseh. So my group of people in the tribe of Manasseh, the bigger component, and I am the least in my family. So my group of people in the tribe of Manasseh, remember there's 12 tribes, in the tribe of Manasseh, and then I'm the least in my family. And you're picking me. I'm not qualified. I'm underqualified. So besides having questions, he gave his excuses on the upfront before he did anything. I'm not qualified. Matter of fact, I'm underqualified. Matter of fact, I'm terrible. I just want you to know, God, there's no way I can do this, God. No way I can lead my nation to victory. That was the second question. But how can I save Israel? How can I save them? I'm not qualified. <laughs> Some of you today may feel underqualified to do what God's asking you to do. Or you may have some big questions. Or you may be afraid because you may say, I'm all by myself. I want you to know Verse 16 gives us the beginning of the answer. The Lord answered. He always answers. I will be with you. You will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. <laughs> so God responds back to, to Gideon. You're not He's saying, I'm not qualified. I can't do this. And he says, listen, you're going to defeat the whole nation, the whole army. And none's going to stay alive. And then verse 17, Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign. Isn't that amazing? He didn't want to stop there. He didn't have enough confidence yet. God's saying you're going to wipe out the whole army by yourself and with just what I'm going to tell you to do. Give me a sign that you are really talking to me. Anybody ever question whether or not it's God? Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. <laughs> so Gideon, timid Gideon, weakest of his family, is now making a declaration to God. Stay there. I don't think I could say that to God. 
Maybe you got a whole lot more confidence than me, but I could not walk up to God and say, by the way, stay right there. Stop it. Stay right there. I'm going to go away for a moment, and I'm coming back, but you stay there, God. Anybody feel that confident that you could talk to God like that? Yeah, I didn't think so. I mean, I'd think I'd get struck down or something. I told God what to do. Some of you may be more bullheaded than I think. Gideon wants a sign. So what he does is he goes and he builds an altar and he brings an offering unto the Lord for this declaration that just happened. And the angel touches it and he burns up the offering. And he realizes at that moment, he has just seen an angel face to face. Have you ever seen an angel face to face? Gideon did. Gideon sees that he brings this offering unto the Lord, and the angels that have been talking to him shows up, and he touches the offering, and it burns up. And Gideon, in this Bible story, says, I have seen an angel face to face. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd start believing something good was about to happen here in my life. I'd start saying, oh, my goodness, not only is God talking to me, but he's sending angels to show up in my presence. Ah! In response to that, if that's not enough, Gideon brings another sacrifice. I don't know why he does it. But he tears down the altar that had been built to Baal. Which that was going to get him in trouble if you read the account. He rips down this altar and he builds the one, a a new altar to God. And he brings another sacrifice to the Lord. I want you to know, if you want to live in victory, there's going to be more than a sign that God is going to deliver to you. He's not only going to show up in order to let you know, but he can send the angels if he wants to. He can show up if he wants to. He can speak out of a burning bush if he wants to. He can speak out of a cloud if he wants to. He can do whatever he wants to. And I'll guarantee you when God speaks, something powerful is going to happen in your life. God can do it. But we got to believe it. See, the Bible story is real life. And this illustration back then was really happening. It kind of sounds like real life right now. God was asking Gideon to do something where Gideon had to rely on God. Our enemy, the devil, is constantly trying to defeat us. To set us back. To get us off course. But God, who is rich in mercy, and has already defeated our enemy for us, 
We can understand how to live in victory. We don't need any more signs. If you need a sign, God will give you a sign. But I want you to know there comes that moment that you cross over from getting the questions answered and getting the signs, and all of a sudden, here it is. This month, I want to give you the components behind how he gets to the place of the win, of the victory. It don't just happen. The Bible story just doesn't go from the beginning. Skip all that happens and get you, and they won the battle. That's not going to happen in your life. You're not going to get the direction from God, and God's going to say, okay, I'm going to leave you now until you get it all done. God is going to walk with you. He's going to talk with you in the cool of the evening. He's going to walk down and have a chat with you. I want you to know God's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to give up on you. He's going to go on this journey that's going to eventually lead you to your victory. Everybody has a victory. Some of us are different than others. In what God wants to bring a victory in your life. In my life, I need a lot of victories. Some of you may only need one. I need a lot. But I have learned to believe that the battle is the Lord's. And that there's going to be a process for me to live in this victory. So today, I want to tell you. You are ready to live in victory. And he wants you to live in victory. Say, how am I ready? Well, it's pretty simple. If you've asked Christ into your life, you're ready. If you've not asked Christ in your life, you can do that today. Christ, come into my life. Lord, come into my life. Change me. Defeat the sin in my life. Change me. I want to be like you. I don't want to live in sin. I don't want to live in defeat. It starts with a simple prayer. God, forgive me. He is faithful and just to forgive us. And cleanse us. From all wrongdoing. How do you get towards victory? Start with the relationship. The nation of Israel was in trouble. They were losing everything. But God hadn't given up on them. Big armies were coming to attack them. You may be saying, that's my story. The big armies are defeating me. My mind is being attacked. My finances are being attacked. Attacked. My physical being is being attacked. My family's being attacked. I want you to know God is bigger than all the attacks of the enemy. And He's ready to come and win the battle with you. But you've got to get to that spot. 
You're going to love this series. I, I already love it myself because I, I want to help us understand it's a journey to victory. Could, could God have responded to Jesus and say, God, get me off this cross. Yes. But there's a journey to victory. He had to go to the cross so that a couple thousand years later, people like you and I could say, God, forgive us, for we have sinned. And what happens? Forgiveness happens. Why? Because grace happens. Why? Because grace happens. Mercy happens. That's the beginning of victory for your life. So today, I want you to live in victory. This month, I'm going to take you on the journey of Gideon. How did he get to defeat all those Midianites? Well, that was the beginning. He had to rip down some things. He had to get rid of the idols. He had to, get, he had to start new. He had allowed some things to come into his life that kind of set him and his family back. And maybe that's where your position is today. i got to get rid of some things. God is faithful and just. He doesn't condemn. He only loves. I'll say it again. He doesn't condemn. He only loves. Would you bow your heads, please? Lord, I thank you for loving us, forgiving us, even though we make multiple mistakes, even though we've fallen short many times, even though we have turned and gone the opposite direction. Lord, please pardon us. Lord, today I pray that our lives will be honest with you. And we will ask for forgiveness if we need forgiveness. God, I pray that people that respond to this message, that you will touch them and be with them exactly where they are today. While your heads are bowed and you're thinking about what I've said and you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm that person. I want to love God, but I get sidetracked. I get, I get messed up. I, I, I make some steps forward and I go some steps backwards. God is gracious. God is faithful. If you want to live in victory, you got to get rid of the sin. I hope you've heard this today. Gideon's story is an incredible story, but he had to get rid of the idols. Say, Pastor, that's me. I'm going to be real honest today, Pastor. And there's some things I got to get rid of in my life. Maybe some things that have become customary to you, things that you do, and you say, Man, I need to stop doing that. I want to say a prayer with you today. Everybody's head is bowed and everybody's praying with me right now. You say, Pastor, that's me. I need that kind of a prayer today that I get rid of some things that I shouldn't be doing in my life. You say, Pastor, say that prayer with me today. Would you lift your hand up wherever you are in this room? Let me see it. And you put it right back down. God bless you in the back. God bless you. 
God bless you in the back. God bless you. Others, just lift your hand up real quick. Put it up and put it back down. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Stand with me, please, across this room. Everyone standing. Would everyone repeat this prayer with me? Because I want to make sure we're all going in the right direction here. The friends that have raised your hand, I can tell you, my friend, God is no respecter of persons. He loves everybody the same. If you notice today, everybody gets chocolate. I just didn't pick out the favorites. You understand what I'm saying here today? It's kind of like God. He just dropped some chocolate in your lap today. said, it's all for you. Dropped a little note saying, I'm all by myself. Here's the little note. God loves you. We love you. Everybody say this prayer. Just repeat it out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. And I ask you right now, come into my heart, into my life. From this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you lift your two hands to the Lord like this? Can you say the words, thank you, Lord, for loving me? You say the words, thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. I want to live in victory. I want to live in victory. You know, today, you can put your hands down. We have, we have launched, I believe, a critical month. Because victory is not the mindset of the enemy. It's the opposite of that. He wants you to live defeated. He wants you to live discouraged. He wants you to live in depression. He wants you to live like you're at the bottom of the rung. That's not God. You live in victory. So, Lord, today, as my friends exit this building, we've been in your presence. They're going to hold a little note in their hand that says, You are loved from ICF Rome. They're going to hold a little piece of chocolate in their hand, and they're going to walk out of this room knowing that people care about them. If there's no one else in this country that is part of their family, they realize they're a part of your family, oh Lord. And that you love them. And you care for them. And they are valuable to you, oh God. So today I pray as we march out of this place, we march in victory, knowing that we are ready. So ready. Ready from head to toe. I'm ready, God. Thank you, Lord. And I pray blessings upon them. In the name of the Father, name of the Son, and name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, church. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. 
As you have heard this message, I believe God has spoken to your life. Today, the best decision you can make is to follow Christ, to say yes to him. And if you want to say that prayer with me, I'd love to pray with you right now. So I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Say it, dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. From this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I won't do anymore because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you just said that prayer, that's the best prayer you've ever prayed. And I can tell you that God's got great plans for your life. In a moment, there'll be some information that you'll see online that you can follow up because we're, the relationship doesn't stop now. We've started a relationship where we're going to help you on this journey with Christ. Maybe you've listened to this prayer today and now you're saying, man, I got another need. Or maybe you've already given your life to Christ and you say, I need a miracle. Well, this pastor, this church believes in miracle. And so I want to pray a prayer for you right now that God will do a miracle for you. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for my friends that have listened today. God, there's nothing too big for you. You said we can ask anything according to your will and you hear us. And Lord, when you hear us, you respond to us. And Lord, right now there are people that are praying prayers all over the world and they're asking you for a miracle. So God, no matter what it is, I pray right now you will touch them, you will answer their prayer, and a miracle will happen for them as we pray this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said that prayer, I can tell you, I can't wait to hear the results of that prayer. So if you just send us a note, the information will be there right after you see this video, and you can say, I want to send that guy a note to tell him what God has done for my life. We love you. And remember, God's got a plan for your life.